Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Got my co-host here, Mr. Eli Libby. Morning, Kyle. What's up, Eli? How are you? Stoked, man. Doing great. Great yeah. morning so far. We do, man. It's, uh, we are hyped this morning. We've oh, got yeah. some energy. Uh, we have a great, great guest mm-hmm. today. Uh, but first, we want to give a shout out to Absolutely. the company that fuels us. Yes. Altitude Everything Latte. We got 30 milligrams of CBD, some superfoods, some oat milk. And some other goodies for your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really gets you focused, and it it's a nice, nice, clean energy. Absolutely, uh, and we I love love drinking this stuff. So much. if you don't have it locally in your store, maybe like a Whole Foods store or something, go to altitudebev.com. Get yourself a case of these. You will not be disappointed. So today's guest, uh, we're very excited about. We have a very cool topic. We have Ali Trussell today. We're going to talk about captivating stories about talent and tech today and managing relationships in fast-paced business environments. She's the chief of staff at Wonderkind, one of the fastest growing SaaS and marketing companies in the U.S. Nice. That's pretty crazy. Ooh. All right. Uh, with proven experience in people management, talent acquisition, and departmental development, Ali is at heart of Wonderkind's extensive internal operations, passionate about employee success, and has a professional mission to make career paving the next and new performance management. Expert in strategic assistance, PR, and relationship management, serving the right hand to Wonderkind's CEO in the past. Today, she executes some of Wonderkind's most important strategic initiatives and is constantly innovating ways to harness and boost talent across departments. So without further ado, Ali, welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. Hi, thank you all so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Absolutely. Stoked you're here. What an intro. Yeah. I am excited. I know. You gave it so much pizzazz. I felt very excited. Man, we could wrap it up now. Done. Mic drop. (laughs) Well, awesome, Allie. Well, you know, we like to learn a little bit about you and kind of, you know, how you got to Wonderkind and what you're doing today in your past. And then uh, after that, maybe if you could tell us a little bit more about Wonderkind and what Mm. you guys are doing. Awesome. Yes. Two of my favorite things. Um, I have a very non-linear career path to get here. So I actually grew up in theater and uh, went to college for theater, you know, came to New York for theater. I was going to be very, very famous, y'all. And, you know, in I got up here, I ran a theater company for a little while. I did a lot of producing, which translates very well to corporate America. Don't ever let anyone tell you differently. You know, you're constantly dealing with big personalities and hard deadlines yeah. and not yeah. enough money to do anything that you want to do the way Ooh, that that's you really do good point. it. So yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it trained me very, very well. But um, by way of financing my theater habit, uh, I had a bunch mm-hmm. of odd jobs, one of which was working as a personal assistant to like what Gossip Girl would call Manhattan's elite. Um, okay. Oh, okay. Outsource their lives. And um, I started working for this very eccentric, extremely smart guy, Ryan, who was my favorite client. And he was the CEO of Bounce Exchange at the time, which is now Wonderkind. And while I was working there, um, he was always trying to get me to come on to Bounce Exchange. And I was like, dude, now I'm not sitting around with a bunch of tech bros in hoodies, like nine to five. I'm not sitting at a desk. Yeah. (laughs) And he was like, you're not going to have to sit at a desk and it's not going to be nine to five. And both have been true. I've never once sat at my desk. It's for storage, mine and Ryan's. Um, And um, I loved it. But I truly knew nothing when I came on to Bounce Exchange at the time. Uh, I remember the very first day I Googled what does B2B stand for? Mm -hmm. And what is a Series B? So there was a lot of self-learning that had to happen. But I was pretty good at figuring out who were going to be the people who were going to teach me the most, who were the people who 
really wanted to and were passionate about like catching people up and making people better. And so I really gravitated toward those folks, um, of which there were so many at the company. And that's actually why I did decide to make the jump. And, you know, fast forward four years, I am now overseeing our talent, people, culture, HR, performance, admin, and office operations functions. Wow. Nice. I'm glad we didn't wear our hoodies today. I know. We, we <laughs> yeah. I, would have, I would have changed my insult. You know, we just would have hung up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Click. Yeah. Uh, nice. Well, that's that's an amazing career path you've had so far. Definitely could see how producing could be yeah. a huge play in it, honestly. Uh, you know, we do video and photo. Um, that's our business. So we totally get that. <laughs> it's just pure logistics and just like. Oh, it um, is. Uh, with limited budget, so we yeah. we know. It usually really speaks to people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I want to correct myself. It's wonderkind, not wonderkind. I know that's the beauty of it. You can say it any way that you want. It's, oh. it's further our mission of individuality. You can give it a real German twist if that's how you're feeling. So really just how fancy you're feeling. Oh, that's cool. Well, tell us a little bit more about it. Tell us a little bit um, more about the company. and Yeah. Awesome. So we're a customer engagement platform with our main, you know, modes of communication being email and text. Um, but we really, the really simple way is we connect great brands to great people. Um, and that's how I like to think of it. Um, that's sort of how I even can make sense of my very people centric job yeah. in the middle of a MarTech company. Um, but yeah, we're all about giving great brands the exposure and matching them to the right people. And that's really at the heart of what we do. Um, but I've been here for four years smartest people I've ever worked with. And it's constantly changing. That's why I like it. It's a tech company in every sense of the word. And that mm -hmm. innovation is at the forefront. And what we were doing three months ago does not match what we're doing today. And that's what keeps it really exciting. Wow. Where are you guys based out of? Cool. We're based out of New York. Um, and I'm actually I'm actually sitting in our office. Nice. Uh, you know. There you go. On decoration. So we're located in the World Trade Center in New York. And then we also have an office in Indianapolis and in London, and we've wow. got we've got several more coming soon. So mm, rapid nice. expansion. That's wow. cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, what we're here for today. Captivating yeah. stories about yeah. talent and tech and managing relationships in fast-paced business environments. Um, I think it would be really cool to dive in the do's and don'ts of this as well. Yeah. You know, what you know, there's there's the good stuff and the stories, but also mm -hmm. like, you know what, you probably should stay away from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, it's interesting. It's it's a fascinating time to work in talent. Um, it actually really excites me, which maybe this is a hot take. I I love that it is now a candidate's market. I think that that actually causes companies to have to be at the top of their game. Mm -hmm. um, and you really have to be people forward and you have to not only talk the talk, but you have to be able to walk the walk. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to see the greatest innovation on the people side come out of this time when it's like, yeah, um, I can open up my LinkedIn and go hop to 32 different jobs. But yeah, you want to make people want to stay here. You know, I think that that is that's a true sign of a good company is can you retain your employees and can you bring on new employees in this time of extreme competition? Yeah. Um, so there's I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm I'm not like a super big rule subscriber, I think. Sure. In most aspects of my life and most aspects of my professional life, I tend to lean on, you know, find the rule book that works for you. There's no one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And I would say like, even across my recruiting team, I think something that is a do for somebody might not, might be a don't for someone else. Right. Um, but I think you do have to take a creative approach to talent acquisition right now. 
And it's interesting what people care about. I've seen a shift even in the past 15 months, you know, we used to talk a lot more about the company and what the company did. And yeah. it's interesting how the questions from candidates have shifted and those conversations have become more and more about, you know, what does my life look like there? How is your company investing in the people? How is your company investing in diversity and inclusion? There is really this like greater social sense. And I, I think that, you know, people value their time more than money in some ways. I don't know if that's a hard fact for everyone, but you're seeing a bit more of that, I think, especially coming out of out of COVID. Um, you know, people are super averse to change, but they're also super adaptable. And so we've seen these like peaks and valleys of like, oh my gosh, my world just turned upside down. I've now adjusted to it. Going back yeah. to quote unquote normal now feels like turning my world upside down mm -hmm. again. Yeah, and this is interesting. The landscape of what people care about is just, mm -hmm. it's changing all the time, which again, I kind of find exciting because again, you have to stay at the top of your game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're in a very, very interesting space with, uh, as you said, the candidate kind of has the power. Do you, yeah. ever see, do you see that switching anytime soon? Mm -hmm. Or do you think uh, the employees are always going to have that power? You know, barring like great economic collapse, which I don't think mm -hmm. anyone is wishing for, I think it's going to be a candidate's market for a long time. I think yeah. that um, it's also interesting what remote work mm -hmm. has done to make it a candidate's market, because now you don't have to live in Silicon Valley or New York to work tech company. Yeah. You can live in Montana. You can live in Wyoming. You can live in Canada. You can live in Mexico. Yeah. Um, you don't have to live in like one of the big hubs. And you're also seeing these tech companies be like, oh, wait, we don't have to be here either. Like we can be in Denver or Austin. And yep. I think as long as that is in play, the best talent is going to have the power. But again, I like that. You, yeah. want, you want the best talent people only do their best work if they want to be working for you. Yep. And so keeping that bar high is good for everyone. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I kind of wanted to backtrack a little bit on some stuff that you said. Um, you didn't say the word, but you were alluding to culture in a business, yes. like mm -hmm. the, the how it's just like the heartbeat of a company and the real reason that's going to attract new people to your company is the culture around it more. Mm -hmm. because, I mean, like you're saying, it, you know, it's a candidate's market. You can go make more money at a different company if you want to. Right. Like you can put 38 resumes out there and you can be the competitive one saying, yeah, you know, I'll take this for another 15 grand a year, whatever it is. But culture is what's going to bring someone in. What are some things that you're seeing in the past 15 months that, um, you know, with what you guys are doing, what companies are really trying to like put out there to build culture and to say, Hey, look at us. It's, it's more about your quality of life and who you're mm -hmm. with. Um, what are some things that you guys have seen? It's a great question. Totally. Um, I mean, this is, this has been the thing that's at the top of my mind for the past two mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Um, I am of the mindset that clarity and communication is the single biggest foundational piece mm -hmm. of culture. Um, that's not what you think of when you think of culture, you think of like, Oh, you know, how do you all get together and celebrate or like have free lunch or, you know, how do you, how do you share wins, all that stuff. And all that stuff does play into it. But I think in order for you to have a good culture, everyone needs to know what's expected of them and what's expected of them that they want to grow. Um, because I don't think people do too well in uncertainty, as we've seen from the past <laughs> 18 no. months to two years. So that's the foundation of like, do people know what they need to do? in their job if yes okay then you can move up the pyramid and you can start to enjoy more things but i don't mm -hmm. think you can get to the top of this pyramid where you know 
you're tossing back a beer over pizza that the company has paid for and you're laughing and having a good time and playing like a heated battle of catchphrase if you yeah. don't have an idea how to do your job. Um, and so things like onboarding and learning and development and good HR teams really, really factor into like the bottom of the pyramid of good culture. And then I think we've seen this extreme, you know, want for quote unquote career pathing. And I, I'm waiting for someone to come up with like yeah. a more fabulous term for that. Um, but everyone wants to know that the company is investing in them, not just that they're investing in the company. And it's so mm -hmm. different from like when our parents were working and it was like you punch totally. your nine to five and you get a paycheck. People expect so much more from their workplace now. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. biggest thing that we've seen is like, you know, uh, like my dad, you know, my dad like worked his way up in a bank and it was like every, you know, four to five years, you're like up for a big promotion. That's just not the way tech companies are structured. Like you could be right. up for a promotion every six months if you're killing it. Right. And so you're seeing this like emergence of leaders that are much earlier in their careers. Right. I think that's what super ambitious people crave. And like most companies, I think that's sort of what we attract. Um, we like that. We like people who are super yep. driven, hungry, curious. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had this moment last December. I was looking and like I said, we're a tech company in every sense of the word. Talk fast, move fast, expect a lot really fast. And we have phenomenal managers. But even like our VPs who are overseeing 75 plus person teams, they're still jumping in to like be an individual contributor at times. Mm, yeah. That's a part of our DNA. That's like maybe not the most scalable, but it is a part of our DNA that I don't think is going to change. And it's special to us. In my opinion, it takes yeah, away this hierarchy. Nothing's too big or too small for anyone, but it's crazy then to be like, Oh, by the way, all 75 people on your team, we need you to like spend hours building out their career ladder and make it unique for every single person. Mm. And so I was like, how do we bring in some sort of like performance path for people yeah. that's not on their shoulders? And so I worked with this fantastic woman, Joyce Sibisma. She's a multi-time like CHRO and CPO. And we designed an entire department of in-house coaching. We've called it performance acceleration, yeah. where every single person has access to a coach if they want to, to oh, do wow. just oh. that. And you can use that coach in a myriad of different ways. Okay. Um, you know, you can use it as like, I've got this big roadblock. I've got this big presentation. I need help preparing for it. Or that's dedicated time for you to figure out what do you want out of your career and how do you get there? Mm. And what we're really seeing and what really excites me is we're seeing people that want to grow not only vertically in our company, but maybe they're interested on something on the other side of the house. And that's so you're getting this like really cool internal mobility which is exciting because if somebody wants a new job i want their first choice to be a new job here absolutely wow interesting yeah i just had a, a super fascinating uh coffee meeting with um this guy is running this tech company in the, in the ad space mm -hmm. um and he is really battling uh hiring people right mm. now and managing people in this remote environment because he's so used to that in the office type of thing where he feels that a lot of these engineers that he's hiring have this entitlement when they come and they're hired now that you know they they're um they're building these different products and uh they're working remote so he, there's this kind of this like mm -hmm. weird trust thing going back and forth that he's he's struggling with but um and i think the the environment shifted you look at 
companies like like Facebook and Microsoft, I mean, they've built these campuses for their employees that they think uh, maybe 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 that maybe a lot of people do like it. But you have daycare, you have your gym, you have your dentist, like everything is built within these campuses. Mm-hmm. And now it's like that's not really obviously not that important. People like their time. They like not being able to commute. They like to save their hours not commuting in the car. Um, it was an interesting conversation. I don't know if that even like played into what we were talking so. about, but uh, it was we just had that combo. Um, and that's why I was two minutes late. So, no, but, it's really fine. It totally that. I have a thought on that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like these these tech companies spend billions of dollars to like build apartment complexes that are yeah. right next to the <laughs> campus, and we have 15 restaurants for you. And now people are like, no, I'm trying to go live in like travel the world and work yeah. remote on my laptop and call it good yeah we're in bali um, or something it's it's almost like this this ship of this shift of the opposite yeah you know it totally it's, is it's, it's pretty it's interesting um yeah we, we went we went to uh the facebook campus and that was a super cool super cool experience to walk through and just like walk into a coffee shop walk into wherever it is and it was just a cool a cool feeling but that's probably like a ghost town i would assume now imagine it's so fascinating because I, I I think I said somewhere in the middle of it all. I think yeah. you know I think the biggest the biggest piece that everyone has to consider is like freedom to choose mm-hmm. what you want to do, how you want to work has to be sort of at the forefront if you want to stay competitive. And you know, that's that's been a big learning curve for us because we were very much an in person yeah. company. Like we have a fabulous office, yeah. very much in the same vein of many of the companies you were mentioning. Um, but I think there is something to like also trusting people to understand what are like the small pieces of work that really can't be replicated over a Zoom screen. You know, like when you're doing like big product brainstorm design mm-hmm. sessions, nothing can really replace like all being in one room around a whiteboard mm-hmm. and like that like kinetic energy. Yeah. And so that's kind of the strategy that we've taken. We've been like, it's totally like, how you want to work is up to you. You know, we do believe there is types of collaboration that work best in the office. And so we encourage you to show up for those, um, you know, barring like, you know, autoimmune disease, anything that's like directly related to your safety, obviously not (laughs) crossing that. Yeah, yeah. I think explaining, again, it goes back to clarity. I think explaining why certain work perhaps happens best one way versus another, because there's a lot of work that I think happens maybe even better over a Zoom screen. Um, but it's, so it's just, it's just figuring out like what's important to your company and why you want certain things the way that you want. And then also respecting people's choices on the flip side of that. Absolutely. I think part of it too, is like the autonomy and like trust in your employee, you're building, mm-hmm. letting them work remote part of the time, Yeah, you know, yeah. that can really help with that kind of culture piece. It totally can. Allowing them knowing that I'm not being micromanaged or distracted by mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the flip side, like you're saying, there are things that I I, I do believe that need to be in person. Just Wait, like, don't y'all like being in the same room when you're doing this podcast together? You can like make faces when I say something stupid. Oh, like, what? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Back to the hoodie thing. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, you know, we got we got about ten more minutes. Let's talk a little bit about managing relationships mm-hmm. in the business mm-hmm. environment. That's like fast yeah. and quick. What do you kind of mean by that? I mean, I think of it from several different lenses. You can think of it like internally. You can think oh. of managing your relationships with your employees. You can think of it externally. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll start there, I guess. Um, so we, 
I love the way that we have sort of built out a leadership team here because some of it's in-house and some of it's sort of not. We um, have a program that we call our execs and residents, and it's sort of like a fractionalist exec model um, because you find that some of these like top executives, sometimes they'll come out of an exit or they'll come out of like a five-year stint where they've killed it and, you know, they don't need to work, uh, hmm. but most of them really like working. And so we have employed sort of like this arsenal of fantastic talent pitching in as like a fractional exec. They're not working all the time. They are, we're putting them on specific projects. They're supplementing our exec team in ways that where we maybe need a little more firepower. Um, I think the best way to design an exec team is to literally like list everyone you've got, list the qualities you need in an exec team and just like make a chart and yep. decide who has those and where where maybe you need a little bit more. I think exact teams can be poorly designed if you mm -hmm. don't look at gaps of skills. And so we've sort of been able to be like, oh, you know, we need someone who's super highly operational, extremely tactical, can get like super in the weeds. Okay, let's go find that person and let's go find the best version of that person. Right. Um, but like you said, we're moving really quickly how do we maintain a good relationship? So I kind of structure it the way that we do ERGs. You have a sponsor, like you have an exec sponsor within the company who is really in charge of like your, your well-being within the company. We onboard them like employees. That's and cool. Cool. I pretty much, the way that I've structured it is they pretty much have a discovery phase hmm. where they will meet with, you know, I'll, I'll look at them and be like, okay, you're probably going to be working mostly with so-and-so. So we're going to have you over-index a little bit meeting with them. But then we also want you to meet with a handful of leadership That's cool. or, you know, growing and developing employees who are really going to give you insight into the business. And I believe everyone does best with what they're passionate about. And so I'll meet with them afterwards and I'll be like, okay, what did you hear? I'm sure there are 20 different things that you could take on at this company, but what are the five? Sorry. <laughs> you're fine. But like, what are, what are the five that you're really excited about? Right. And so let's build something around that. And I mean, we've had people who do a three month stint with us. We've had people who That's do so a nine month stint with us. We've had people that do a two year stint with us. That's cool. And like I said, you just have access to all of this really phenomenal talent um, and all of this experience and insight. Yeah. So that you can be supplemented cool. by that. Um, That's super cool. That's cool. It's almost like a little. I'm surprised I've never heard of like. I totally. I that totally is like agree. so cool. I mean, they're giving away all our secrets. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. How does how does like the, I don't know, the team respond to like new? I don't want to say like management, which they are, but like how do they respond to that usually? Like this mm. new person that's just going to be in for three months. Like, how's the respect built? Is it very like, I don't know. I feel like um, our whole company and one of my favorite things about us is like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, yeah. So I, I have not ever had any resistance cool. to anyone coming in. I also, we tech, we typically build in like some sort of mentorship wing. Um, so like this woman, Brenda Freeman, who is a multi-time CEO, CMO, she's phenomenal. Um, she came in to help us on the marketing and sales side um, and she would do coffee chats with anyone who wanted to. So they also are agreeing to give up right. a lot of access to all of our employees. 
So really the reaction is that they're grateful and maybe that's a cop out here. Um, so no, I've not really had to deal with anybody being like, oh, this super, super amazing person, please don't bring them into your life for three months. That's a really good point. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So how does the um, managing relationships with like clients in the fast pace kind of environment, how, how do you, how do you guys do that? Well, our, our, our SVP of customer success, Molly would be, much better at answering this question. So I'm mostly just seeing her team's phrases. We're extremely high touch. And I think that I'm not sure that we've cracked like, and we don't want to automate this, right? Like there's not, there's not a way that I think is just like extremely scalable past like really caring about your customers and really caring about your clients and having a genuine relationship with them. So it goes down to hiring on her team. I think they have it really down to a science. Like what makes a good customer partner? What are we looking for? What are the qualities we're looking for in those people? Yeah. And and I think it, it, the root of that is, are they really excited about this? Do they love good brands? And I think mm-hmm. that is something that goes back to everyone in our company. You have those brands that you like really love. Right. And I really respect when someone is trying to bring a brand to the forefront. And I think that's shared across our customer success team. That's They're extremely cool. hard workers and they know... They know a lot about these clients. Um, yeah. We're yeah. all we're ultimately, if we're doing our job right, the person who brought us on is up for promotion at the end of the year. Yeah. Like we have made them look good, and we consider yeah. it our job to make them look really good. Uh, marketing is hard, you know. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, you know. I don't think any marketer goes into school being like, oh, you know, I want to like be an expert at a tech stack. Um, yeah. I think that they they want to be able to market. They want to be able to like do really cool things, throw really cool events. Yep. do a bunch of brand forward stuff and the industry has shifted to where they have to also be supplemented by all of this tech. And so we want to be that tech partner mm-hmm. that we plug in so you can go do your job. You can go do what you love. Cause I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's not in like the backlog of a computer yeah. Yeah. type numbers, figuring out how to sell more sweaters. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I totally agree. I think it's all, all stems back to passion. You mm-hmm. mentioned it before. Totally. Absolutely. Passion and curiosity, I think. A hundred percent. Those two things, those are the buzzwords of the podcast. Love it. I love it. So, Ali, as we kind of wrap it up, if there is uh, one thing that you hope our listeners take away from this conversation, what would that be? I mean, love what you do. And if you don't love what you do, change it. Mm. Come work for us. Awesome. (laughs) Wow. Nice. That was (laughs) And uh, where can they follow you or follow the business or um, find more information? Oh, I mean, you know, you can look me up on Instagram and see that I haven't posted in four years, or you can go to www.wonderkind.co.com. It's co. Okay. Um, and look us up there. We have a really fun website. So anyone interested in coming aboard, please, please reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm happy to chat with anyone. Awesome. Well, Ali, thank you so much for your time. Yes. It's a great, great conversation. Combo. It was great kind of getting some insight on what you guys are doing. Yeah. And I think it's a great example of what other companies, you know, can take away from and apply to their own company. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Allie. We'll talk to you soon. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Biz Bros podcast. Just go on wherever you uh, listen to your podcast. Type in Biz Bros. You'll find us. Subscribe and uh, make sure to listen. Tune in to the next Biz Bros podcast. See you guys.